Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Earlier on in the week, we got some positive information in regard to modeling uh, that said, and, and you know, the health minister uh, said it best when, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, we can see the destination, but we're not there yet. And the prime minister, do you have that clip, Will? And the prime minister had this to say. Go ahead. When it comes to COVID-19, what we're doing is working. And to continue on the right track, we need to be thinking not just about the next weeks, but about the next months. We need medium-term and long-term solutions. So as we start talking about those, because that's what everybody's been asking for, you know, people are starting to freak out. So can we go yet? Can we get out? Can we? It's like everybody's, you know, it's like there's a a door and it's buckling because there's so many people on the other side trying to push it through. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's going to open up and everyone's going to run out into a field of daisies, which, of course, isn't going to happen. But what we're hearing about is the planning and the preparation stages that are going to happen on the backside of this, which is which are just as important as the plans and, and preparation we put in going up the other side. So to talk more about all of this, let's bring in Dr. Wes Stephen, a uh, Stephen rather, Dr. Wes Stephen, EVP Clinical Operations and COO Hamilton Health Sciences, and with us now, Doctor. Thank you for the time, much appreciated. Good afternoon, Scott. And how do you, first of all, I hope you're doing all well, and, uh, and please pass along to everybody that you see in the healthcare industry how much we are supporting them, and we are great, uh, grateful for all the work that they are doing. Um, you know, how do we balance the optimism that we got earlier on in the week where, you know, we're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, experts as yourself are starting to uh, talk about plans and what we need to do and the strategies put in place to to slowly open things up again. How do you balance the, the, the positivity but not being too optimistic and, 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 and not quashing people's dreams about this sort of thing? Well, that's a great question because it is a balance, uh, particularly in the hospital sector, the balance between starting to, uh, you know, provide uh, scheduled care, which has been ramped down for the last period of time, and and also encourage the public to continue with the public health care measures of distancing, hand washing, um, etc. So, uh, it is a fine balance of this planning of, on one hand, saying to people, uh, you know, we are going to try to get back to a normal state versus not jumping the gun too soon and get into what people are talking about, which is a second wave phenomena where the virus reemerges uh, again in our community. So it is a delicate process of, uh, of starting to integrate uh, scheduled care again uh, for the community, uh, as well as uh, giving the, the message that we have to be really v- uh, uh, vigilant about, uh, you know, keeping our physical distancing and gradually opening up things and not doing it where we get a rebound. And, of course, as soon as the public gets that information that experts are working on this sort of thing, the first thing they want to know is, what's the plan? What's the plan? How does it work? How does it work? So yeah. what sort of what sort of criteria, what comes into play when you're making these decisions, when you're setting out these plans? So, so I, think, I think there's a couple principles that, that we are using as we're thinking about this and, and starting our planning. Uh, first and foremost, uh, there, there is the um, infection control aspect. So some of the things that we're obviously thinking about is, you know, how to keep the virus uh, from spreading within our hospitals or in our community. 
Um, you know, so as an example, we need to be thinking about uh, the amount of traffic of the number of people walking through the buildings of the hospitals. Uh, where do they sit? Uh, ensuring there's physical distancing, uh, etc. Um, and and so that's one principle is 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 thinking about how do we minimize the risk of the virus spreading to our staff or to other patients. The other aspect is is the clinical demands or needs or the burden of illness in the community. Um, and so as as we've put a lot of the scheduled care on hold, we have to be able to acknowledge and recognize the urgency of some of the conditions that have progressed in people and the impact on, on patients. So that's another factor that is taken into consideration. And I think the third thing that I would point out is, is that we have to do it in a way that's measured and, and, and stepwise. You can't just open the doors completely because we have to reserve some capacity uh, in case we get a, a tsunami or another wave of COVID patients coming into, the, into our hospitals. So it has to be measured and in a controlled way. So those are some of the some of the principles. There's many others, but those are the big three that I would like to highlight. Now, considering, Doctor, that, and again, we've all know, and especially in the first few weeks of this pandemic when it all started, the major concern was, will we have the supplies? Will we have the capacity in the hospitals? We don't want to see them overrun uh, with an immediate uh, surge, which is why we tried to flatten the curve. And in doing so, as you mentioned, other practices, other procedures, other surgeries, uh, other health care had to be pushed back. So once this is gradually re opened, how long is it going to take our system to catch back up to where we were, considering wait times were a concern prior to all of this? Yes, yeah, so that, that, that's a concern I think we all have, um, is, you know, uh, you know how it, what does a recovery plan look like, uh, particularly people on wait lists? And so, um, you know, there is a lot of conversation that is starting in the last week or so, uh, as we seem to be coming on the back end of the curve. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I don't have a specific answer to the question other than, um, you know, there's many uh, aspects to it that people are starting to, to model and think about, about how would we, uh, you know, uh, have a recovery plan for uh, particularly around scheduled care, like surgical interventions, et cetera. So, uh, you know, lots of work to be done. Um, to to see if we can, uh, in, a, in a reasonable way, uh, get caught up. Uh, we certainly know uh, with, with, health, with Hamilton Health Sciences and, and the great work that you do and all of these different institutions come together with their own set of expertise, how, how do you do this within the system? Within, I, I mean, could you keep maybe one area that's designed just for uh, people involved in, in the pandemic and, and others that can go on to other elective type surgeries? How do you do that within the system itself? Well, I think I think uh, talking about the system, you know, we, we do work with our partners, the, you know, the federal government, the provincial government, uh, with St. Joseph's Healthcare in Hamilton. And in fact, uh, just to be clear, uh, the decision about ramping up is really coming from a provincial or central direction. Um, this is really where um, there's a consensus of when would, you know, where, where would we and when would we start to uh, increase the clinical activity. Um, within our hospital, we actually, in our capacity planning, uh, we actually uh, did dev- develop 
uh, excessive capacity, uh, recognizing that we don't uh, need all that at this point in time. We are still reserving significant number of beds in case the number of uh, patients do increase over the next little while. But we are actually trying to put cohort or put all our COVID positive patients sort of in one ward, in one area of the hospital. Um, and that is really about trying to minimize the spread uh, to uh, other patients and to other staff. And, it, and it's a good conservation measure on our PPE supplies is to really cohort or put all the patients in one area. And in fact, as of next week, we're hopeful that we are going to put all our uh, ward patients into one ward at our Hamilton General site. Um, and and, and that, that is a recognition of a really good news story to say we don't really need to have multiple wards opened and having uh, COVID patients in them because the demand is not there at this point, which is great news for our community. Hmm. Any idea how long it will take? And this is, again, another question that we don't know the answer to, just like when we're going to open all, all of this up. But any idea how long it will take before the hospital gets back to a normal operating scenario? Well, I mean, can that, that can that happen with a COVID-19 ward, per se? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, so you know, the, for sure, um, you know, there is a possibility, and it is that, uh, you know, the modeling that was done originally was based on a 12-week model where uh, people got came in, got sick in the community. There would be the healthcare system would be under considerable stress, and then then the virus would leave the community as the uh, community's immun- immunity was built up over those 12 weeks. One of the issues with flattening the curve is that you're really in, in physical distancing is that not everyone in the community is getting uh, getting immunity because they're not actually in contact with the virus. Right. And so there is a possibility that this virus may stick around in our community for many, many months um, until there's a vaccination or whether just immunity is developed over a period of time. And so we're starting to think about having COVID patients in our hospital, very similar to how we have influenza outbreaks uh, in the winter and Mm -hmm. and other outbreaks of other infectious diseases in our community. And it might be the new norm is that there will be some COVID patients in our hospital for many, many months. We we obviously need to uh, have a a process that keeps, uh, you know, keeping the non-COVID patients that they have the ability to get their health care. So we're starting to turn our minds to this issue uh, that is maybe more of a long-term management issue rather than just a 12-week event. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. What about testing? And as we hear and, and ramp up more and more testing, how crucial is this to opening up hospitals again? Um, uh, you know, isn't it imperative as we do open up to know who is caring and who is not? Yes, very much so. And, 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 and the public health concept here is if you identify someone with who's COVID positive, you do a couple things. One is you, do, you, you figure out who their contacts are and you isolate them and you try to minimize the spread. With a hospital sector as well, is if you knew patients uh, have COVID positive, you would, you would uh, you know, you'd have a different approach with personal uh, protective equipment 
to your staff and and to other patients in in the hospital. So there's no question that testing is an important component. And I think to your listeners, I think we all recognize uh, that that's been a challenge uh, of many challenges in the pandemic is to actually have enough supplies to do the testing, whether it's the reagents or the swabs. Um, and, and fortunately in the province, the amount of testing is increasing and will continue to increase as the capacity improves, uh, not just in Hamilton, um, but also provincially. I must say we're quite proud of our lab, uh, which is a shared lab between St. Joseph's and ourselves, that uh, they've been on the forefront of developing tests and actually developing a cap- increasing capacity uh, over the last few weeks to meet the needs of our community. What do you say to patients who were waiting for surgeries or, or treatments or such that had to be postponed due to this? What, what do you say to them? Well, I think on an emotional level, we're, we are all distressed that people are waiting. Um, we also are concerned that, that their illnesses may progress and that, that, that uh, they may get sicker because of the delay. Um, I, I do want to assure the, the, the community that we are aware of this and we are actively planning to, to resume as soon as we get prov- uh, provincial direction that, that, that it is appropriate to resume uh, scheduled care. However, it will need to be in a measured way. We can't just open the doors and, and, uh, and, and, and have problems. We have to do it in a safe, safe way. So, uh, you know, you know, we we are continually providing care. Uh, we haven't stopped all care. Um, and urgent cases are being currently done, um, and it really is about expanding to less urgent care. And just general advice for Hamiltonians who have ha- helped to flatten this curve and are dealing with week number six and maybe don't have uh, uh, the knowledge that you or, or your staff do in, in behind the scenes and, and what is going on. What do you say to Hamiltonians as, as we go through week six? Week six? Yeah, I, I just want a huge shout out. Great work. What you're doing is working. Um, the biggest thing you can do is continue doing what you're doing today, which is acknowledging the physical distancing, uh, hand washing, um, and and continue to do these public health uh, um, yeah, measures. Stay home. Uh, if you're sick, please stay away from uh, you know stay stay home. And and you know it is making a huge impact. And I know it is difficult financially, and I psychologically um, it is very difficult for the community but it is working and stay the course Um, and that's my uh, my advice one more question because you brought it up Uh, what are your thoughts in regard to you know we certainly hear about the people that are suffering uh, from this disease we're certainly hearing about those as you spoke of that have been misplaced because or postponed because of of COVID-19 and such um, you know, for the rest of us uh, and who, who are, you know, touch wood healthy and such, talk about the mental aspect of this, um, because I, I'm not sure everybody realizes how much this can affect them. Oh, it, it, it's, it's a big impact. Um, you know, if you look at our um, most vulnerable population, if you look at people in uh you know, long-term cares or retirement homes that have, it's not just a physical distancing, but it's a social isolation that's occurring for them. Um, if you, uh, you know, if you look at 
the community uh, where they're less vulnerable, but people that are used to a different lifestyle. I mean, this pandemic has created a lot of of, of uh, issues for for us. Um, I, I would suggest there are a fair number of resources. Uh, a lot of the family doctors are doing virtual care. Um, there is online tools that people can access for mental health and for stress management. Um, and and let's be mindful of our neighbors and ourselves. And and we can not be socially isolated either with technology or with physical distancing. And so I think it is important for us to acknowledge that this has been a, this is a difficult time from a psychological or mental health point of view. Dr. Wes Steppen has been with us, EBP Clinical Operations and CEO Hamilton Health Sciences, as our uh, hospitals slowly prepare for the backside of COVID-19 and slowly opening up the rest of their services. Doctor, thank you so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Be well. Same to you, Scott. Thank you very much. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.